Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sword. Today is the fifth day of Cheshvan, which coincides with the 30th day of October. In the past we've discussed Abraham and his relationship with the people of Sedom when he goes and he saves Lot, when he does not take the people and as a result they are born again as his children in Egypt. We've discussed a number of aspects. Today we talk about the Palit. So basically there's the war of the four kings and the five kings and uh, the four kings come and they attack the five kings. Included in the five kings is the king of Sedom. And Vayichu et Lot. They take Lot and his property. Who is he? Ben Achi Avram. He's the nephew of Avram. And they go. And they say, continues the Pasuk, He was living in Sodom. If he wasn't living in Sodom, it wouldn't have been taken. But because he was in Sodom, he went with them. The, the Pasuk continues, And the fugitive came. We don't have a name. We don't have anything else. We just have Palit. And what does this guy do? He tells Avram Ha'ivri. And now Avram, we're going to describe where he is. Vehu shochen be'olene mamre. Ha'emori achi eshkol ve'achi aneh ve'hem ba'ale berit Avram. So what does he do? He comes, this guy who's a palit, he comes to tell Avram that Lot was taken captive. Who is this palit? There's one opinion, he is Michael. But I don't understand how Michael can be considered a palit. But they explain in a way. The, the opinion that we tend to run with is Rish Lakish said in the name of Bar Kapara. Who Og? He is Og, who will be Og Melech Habashan. And he is the Palit, he's the fugitive. Why is he the fugitive? Because the Rephaim, they were all killed by Chedala Omer and his allies, the giants. And he was the one remaining giant who wasn't killed. We also see this description of him later on in the Torah when we come to the book of Devarim. It says that, And why was his name called Og? That he came and he found Abraham. He was busy with the mitzvah of making ugot, cakes, meaning matzah. Now, why did Og come to Abraham Avinu? What was his motive in coming? He didn't intend to help Abraham for the sake of heaven. But he said to himself, what did he say? He says, Abraham Zer, this Abraham. What is he? He's a zealous man. And I'm going to tell him that his nephew was taken captive. Then he's going to go la milchama. He's going to go into war. And what's going to happen to him? He's going to get killed. And what's going to happen? And I will take Sarai, his wife, for myself. It's very interesting. Amar lo HaKadosh Baruch Hashem tells Og, Chayecha, by your life, Sechad, you're going to receive a reward for the footsteps you have taken to go and inform Abraham. 
and you're going to live many, many days. We know how long is Lot is uh, is all alive. We know that from the flood until he dies is at, is nine hundred years, and he lived from before the flood. Maybe he's the longest living man in the world. He says, at the same time, since you thought to kill Abraham Avinu, you are going to see tens of thousands of his descendants. And the end of you, the end of this uh, Og, is to fall by their hand. And we see how does he eventually die? He dies from Moshe Rabbeinu. Now when Moshe was about to go to war against Og, Moshe was afraid. And Hashem told Moshe, don't be afraid of him. Rashi explains that Moshe needed reassurance that the merit Og had gained from serving Abraham when he reported Lot's capture by the four kings would not protect Og against B'nai Israel in this battle. That this good deed of Og would concern Moshe is astonishing. As our Midrash teaches, Og's intentions in the matter were selfish and sinister. He was trying to cause Abraham's death in order to marry Sarah. Can a selfish and devious act possibly protect its doer's descendants from harm centuries later merely because it benefited a righteous person? So we see Rav Yosef Zandal of Salant, he learns an incredible lesson of Musad from this. He tells us that every good deed, every good deed that we do, no matter how small and no matter the intention of that deed, he says that that deed, that deed will, will bring a credible, powerful mem- merit. So much that Moshe Rabbeinu had good cause for concern that all selfish deed would protect him against Israel. Imagine then what merits earned by doing a good deed with noble intentions and for the direct benefit of a righteous person really would bring. It says that this is the nature of the world. That if you do something, he says that, imagine for a second, if someone plants a seed and the seed is going to grow into something physically, you're going to have a tree and the tree is going to make other trees and you're going to see all of that in the physical world. He said, all the more so in the spiritual world. By all telling Abraham Avinu, what happens? Abraham, first, his fame spreads throughout the land. Second, he's able to save Lot. And through Lot comes Amon and Moab, which means comes David Amelech and comes Mashiach. All of this gets on whose account? On the account of Og. So I saw a beautiful, a beautiful uh, story that was brought by Rav Mordechai Kamenetsky. He says Rav Beryl Zisman was one of the remaining people from an illustrious family of, uh, of Lubavitch Hasidim after, at, the, at the end of the war. And during World War II, he spent time in a concentration camp in Munich. After the war, he was allowed entry into the United States, but he had to wait in Bremerhaven for six weeks to get approval. He says, what happened? During that time, he decided to travel to Bergen-Belsen, which had become a DP camp, to see one of his cousins. As he got there, people knew he was going to be going to America very soon. So dozens of inmates came over to him with the name of their loved ones scattered across the United States, 
They wanted him to get a message to them. So this guy Beryl took the messages to Sam Finkel from Avraham Gorecki. I'm alive and recuperating. Please try to guarantee me employment in the United States so that I can get a visa to come in. One card was for a Jacob Kamenecki from a niece in Minsk. Please tell my uncle that I survived the war and I'm going back to Minsk for now. So he leaves Europe with all of these names. He comes to New York. He comes to the yeshiva in Crown Heights. And he doesn't know any English. So he reaches out to his cousin in America. And he says, listen, I have dozens of names and to send postcards to tell people. Can you help me? So the cousin helps him and they get the addresses to where to send. And he fills out each one. And each one he writes, my name is Beryl Zisman. I have just arrived from Europe and I have regards from filling out the person. For further information, I can be contacted at the Lubavitch Yeshiva, the corner of Bedford and Dean and Crown Heights. So Rav Zisman, he he didn't know how many people really got the cards, but he knew one person. Rabbi Jacob Jacob Kamenecki, he, he lived on Hughes Street and he was one of the leading rabbis of the America at the time. He came to the yeshiva, the Lubavitch yeshiva, looking for Beryl Zisman. And they call him to come out and say, there's a man looking for you. So he comes out and he sees this man and he fills him in on all the particulars of, I met your niece and this is the story, etc., etc. When he went back in, he was shocked at the celebrity treatment he got from everyone in the room. And they said, you don't realize who that was? He said, no, I have no idea. He's the Rosh Yeshiva of Torah Vadat. Now, this Beryl, he shudders. He feels embarrassed that he made the Rosh Yeshiva come to him. And he quickly goes back to, to, uh, to Torah Vadat. And he goes to the Rosh Yeshiva and he begs his forgiveness. He says, if I knew who you were, I would have come to you to inform you shouldn't have come to me. But Rav Yaakov, he refused to accept the apology. He said, heaven forbid, do you realize what kind of solace I have hearing about the survival of one of my relatives? I came to you not only to hear the news, but to thank you in person for delivering it. So he says, imagine, Abraham was nearly 80 years old. He had no descendants. The only link that he had to the house of his father was who? Lot, his nephew. Now, even the whereabouts and the future of this man was unknown. When Og delivered the news, perhaps Avraham's hope for the future was rekindled. And perhaps his gratitude toward Og abounded. And though Og spoke one thing and Avraham heard another, the reward for the impact on Avraham's peace of mind was amazingly powerful. We often make light of actions and ramifications. The Torah tells us this week in a saga that ends five books and some 400 years later that small tidings travel a very long distance. We should realize that when we do a good deed, it has a very, very long-term effect and can really make a lot of changes in the world. There's that Hashem, we should all learn from that and do the same. Amen.